Welcome to the Game Informer Show. Yep, that's how we're starting this week, baby. A weekly video game show podcast, whatever you call it, releasing every Thursday. I am your host, Alex Stadnick, and as always, I am honored to be joined by the illustrious Alex Van Aiken. Hello, sir. Hey, uh, hey, uh, didn't realize I was going to get some casual scatting on this episode, uh, but I'm here for, it, you know, to kind of set the, I'm feeling, you know, the, the internal rhythm that's linking all of us together, Ooh, you know, the song of nature that runs through us all. Scoodoo bop, beep de boop bop. Oh my gosh. If I walked out into nature and heard that song, I'd run. Was, yeah, you're on favorite. a trail in the middle of nowhere. You can just hear, get it, be bop, boop, boop, boop. No, nope, nope. like, this is not what should be here. Speaks uh-huh. to me. The birds are back from their hibernation. <laughs> nature is healing. <laughs> Join us each week alongside a rotating crew of GI editors and special guests from around the industry as we bring you the latest news, reviews, and big man swag your eyes and ears can handle. This week, Kind of getting back to normal a little bit. Uh, last couple of weeks have been a roller coaster, to say the least. Um, you know, Alex and I were out of office last week, the week before. Uh, certain uh, Dan Tack uh, said his goodbyes and it was episode 600. Uh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> never heard of him. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just been, it's been you know, uh, a wild couple of weeks. But now we're kind of, you know, getting back to some normalcy here. Um, and we're going to be talking about some big news, uh, including some Square Enix acquisition, excuse me, acquisition news, a couple of game reviews that you may uh, want to check out from a certain guest that we'll introduce in a second. And, uh, you know, getting back to the playlist and hearing uh, cars, cars honk in the background. So uh, first, Joe Grote. The Imperator of Indies. Hello. Yep. How are you? Hello. It's it's a lovely day to be here when it's it's no rules. It's just the three of us. So we're going wild. We're yeah. making up songs. We're doing craziness. We're gonna start dancing. It's gonna be great. <laughs> can't wait. We wouldn't uh-huh. be scatting if there was four people on this podcast. Uh-huh. I'll no, tell you can't that. do it. Uh-uh. It's in the uh, game former rules. So you can't yes. do it. It's in the style Scatting guide. three parties or less. <laughs> yes. They don't want us to have a good time. That's the problem, right? We gotta we gotta make our own our they own. They can't fun. stop us, Alex. Yes, correct. Uh, so, Jill, I'm excited because you uh, are living up to your moniker and you do have a couple indie reviews that I think we're excited about one, not as much the other, correct? This is correct. And you'll have to wait to find out which is which. Ah, uh, that'll come <laughs> later in the show. But first, Alex Van Aken. I think you broke some news, right? You were you're buying up some some studios and stuff. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. My sources um, in the deep, dark shady shadows of the internet have given me some exclusive details um, that nobody else has heard about yet. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, We've got some news this week written up by Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, Square Enix sells Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and more, including Tomb Raider IP to Embracer Group. Uh, Getting into the story, which you can find at GameInformer.com slash news. Embracer Group has entered into an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal from Square Enix, alongside a catalog of intellectual properties that includes Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and more than 50 others, too. Embracer Group is paying $300 million for these studios and associated IPs, and it's doing it on a, quote, cash and debt-free basis to be paid in full at closing, end quote, according to the company. 
In total, this acquisition will result in roughly 1,100 employees from these three studios across eight locations around the world becoming Embracer Group employees. This purchase is expected to close during the second year of Embracer's 2022-23 to 23 financial year, or in other words, sometime, sometime between July and September of this year. Uh, quote, we are thrilled to welcome these studios into the Embracer Group. Uh, Embracer Group co-founder and group CEO Lars Wingfors writes in a release, we recognize the fantastic IP, world-class creative talent, and track record of excellence that has been demonstrated time and again over the past decades. It has been a great pleasure meeting with leadership teams and discussing future plans for how they can realize their ambitions and become a great part of Embracer. Uh, Square Enix America and Europe CEO Phil Rogers writes in the release that Embracer is the best kept secret in gaming and that it's a quote massive decentralized collection of entrepreneurs whom we are thrilled to become part of today. Uh, he calls Embracer Group the perfect fit for Square Enix America and Europe's ambitions which is to quote make high quality games with great people sustainably and grow our existing franchises to their best versions. Um, almost done here. Since do you want to jump in, Jill, or, or should I keep no, going? No, I was just like, I was uh, strutting for you. Grow. <laughs> yes, there you go. jazz yeah. hands for this <laughs> big acquisition. Um, uh, what else? Uh, since Embracer is not acquiring not just Crystal Dynamics, but the Tomb Raider IP as well, it sounds like the, and this is Wes editorializing, it sounds like the next Tomb Raider game, which was announced just a few weeks ago as a title that will be developed completely in Unreal Engine 5, will be an Embracer title. As for why Square Enix decided to sell these studios to begin with, which includes the studios behind Marvel's Avengers and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Square Enix cites, quote, adapting to the changes underway in the global business environment and the rise of blockchain technology, cloud gaming, and AI and its own investment in each. Guys, yes, more <laughs> blockchain. Gets me so amped. I love oh, it. Uh, yeah. Wow. I love blockchain. Put those <laughs> chains best. on that block. Yeah. So we, we could keep going. There are lots of paragraphs that we could keep reading from, but I'm so going to encourage people to go read the full article, gameinformer.com slash 20. God, gameinformer.com slash news. Uh, not 2022. If you want the new <laughs> releases, that's slash 2022. Yeah. Um, but Jill, you did a deep dive into this on your personal time. What's going on here? Give us the summation, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, I'm going to start off by saying that I ended up it, down a rabbit hole and it, it stopped for me at Myth Force, which is one of uh, the games that I am currently like having a lot of fun with. Yeah. Um, so getting from Square Enix to Myth Force was an exciting adventure. But... <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and just start kind of at the top here. Um, Embracer Group is going wild, right? Yeah. Like, this has been, like, as far as I can tell, it's not a huge thing. It's, I think they said something like the best kept secret, um, which is weird because it is buying up so many things uh, and it keeps doing it. So it should be something that's on our radar as being a big force but for some yeah, reason like kind of conglomerate isn't? right like yeah. they've got thq nordic mm -hmm. uh coke media coffee stain yeah. saber interactive, saber interactive gearbox. gearbox yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and on the comic side dark horse comics or yeah. dark horse dark horse media so, so yeah, yeah they're doing a lot of wild things and they have a lot of really strange um 
mixes of things under their umbrella that you wouldn't really think. And now with their crystal, uh, yeah, crystal dynamics and like Tomb Raider, that's just a like that's a very high level because uh, a lot of these other ones are sort of in the double A space. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see them get uh, more and more. Uh, they're collecting A's essentially. Yeah. You know. Um, and so one of the things that they have under their umbrella is Aspire, and Aspire just acquired Beamdog, okay. who they were helping to publish MythForce. So now, full circle. We love. <laughs> they're it. all in the same family. It's wild. Um, Give me Smash Bros with Laura Croft and the people in MythForce, right, Joe? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Hawkins, all the way. But I am like, this is acquisitions are in the air. So I'm sort of not surprised to hear this kind of news. Um, I am sort of surprised that they're dumping Tomb Raider, especially as it just got that new kind of reboot Unreal 5 announcement. Like that just happened. So selling that off with everyone being excited about the new game that's coming up i wonder what that does did did the developers sort of know about what was happening when they started this is that going to mess with development for this game also 300 million is it seems low like obviously that's a huge number but that seems like a very small number for like the entire tomb raider ip um crystal dynamics maybe has had some bumps along the way, but certainly a name that people tune in to see for like conferences because we're coming up to E3 season. Um, And it's just wild. The reboot trilogy by itself. So what the 2013 release up till now Mm -hmm. has sold 38 million units. And lifetime in the series. Do the math for yourself. What? (laughs) Right. Right. They're getting this at a steal. I mean, I mean, obviously there are more, you got overhead costs, you know, I mean, there's so many costs involved, but like just doing simple math, 38 million, I said, right. Mm-hmm. Times yeah. what, uh, let's say, you 60. know, I mean, 60 is full price. Let's say $40. Cause some people buy you maybe buy, I don't know how they do all that, but there's mm-hmm. discounts and stuff. Uh, that's a lot of money. That's <laughs> a lot of money. Official 1.5 billion. Am I doing that math? Right. Like none of us got into this career because we were good at math. So. Well, I, I did go to business uh, school, so I should be mm. able to do this. Okay, thirty-eight million copies. I got my calculator right this time. There you go. Times forty dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one point five billion in revenue for that, and since twenty thirteen alone. For Obviously, just like one... very rough number. Yeah. Probably not accurate at all. At all. But don't quote us anywhere. Don't write even that in, half in of news. that. Even yeah. half of that is more revenue than they've sold this entire IP and company catalog. and multiple yeah. companies, uh, developers. Like, what is going on that that I, was the decision they made? I I'm, feel like this is like in in elementary school when I like gave my friend like my very rare Yu-Gi-Oh card in exchange for like a dark magician because I thought like, oh, I've heard of dark magician. It's a good card. And then I trade him my $100 card and I get like this $2 card and I'm none the wiser. Like it seems like so, I don't know. 
I'm not a business guy, but it seems very silly, especially in the gaming space as of late when we've seen all of these huge, like billion dollar acquisitions in the last year, like yeah. Microsoft being responsible for a lot of those. It just, yeah. Alex, what are your thoughts? Hmm. I, uh, I like the Yu-Gi-Oh comp, but instead of you getting Dark Magician, it's like Pot of Greed or something like yeah. that because you're now <laughs> investing in blockchain games. Um, yeah. I, the number was staggering. I thought someone made a mistake and there was a zero missing. Um, I, this feels like a steal and I don't know what else Square has up its sleeves, right? Because there's been rumors going around, right? We don't, we don't report personally on rumors, but you see them on the timeline, right? Of, of like, is, is, is Sony and Square talking, right? For more of their Japanese properties, like, where is this going? Um, you know, I think this is a constant, I'm not a business guy either, but like their Square has a trend of undervaluing, especially its Western properties, right? I feel like every other week we would get a story about how, um, you know, Avengers undersold, which it probably did, right? Um, but like Tomb Raider undersold their from their expectations, right? Um, Outriders undersold, right? But like, you know, uh, People Can Fly are putting out an, an expansion for Outriders. So there obviously is still some traction there. And I know the game pass numbers they reported were good. We don't know exactly what they are, right? So, and and to your point too, it's like 38 million. The series has only ever sold 88. So almost half of those sales are from the Crystal Dynamics games. And and Jill, I think you've been on the show and talked about how off the rails the last one got. And and but I don't think anyone is not excited for the next one, right? Because Crystal mm -hmm. Dynamics has talented people. Like they they can make great games. And I am I think I'm more excited for this one because I can't imagine they're gonna be forced to make this as a games of service, right? And I do feel like because I think a lot of people look at these deals as like happening in real time when in actuality no these deals have been going on for quite some time this amount of money and ip getting shared is not something that just happened embracer didn't watch the unreal uh stream and go wow tomb raider in uh -huh. in unreal let's just buy them up you know this has been happening for a while so um you know maybe embracer did put them on that you know or like encourage them to to say that they're working on it to to make this deal look even better right um we don't know what went on behind the scenes but i it just it, it feels like the final like period on a relationship that never fully took form i feel like with square and and these studios and then and, and there's some really great talent at these places and i hope uh, embracer uses them in the in the right way and, and gives them the financial freedom to really create and not put those extra levels of like, oh, this needs to be our games of service, right? This needs to be always online, like that kind of stuff. So I, I really, I'm hopeful for, for the devs over there and stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and that, and I think this also means that Tomb Raider is in a great place. Like we, like we keep saying it, right? But we saw it recently or we, they announced what's, what's coming next, right? Obviously there is a group of people who believe in Lara Croft as a gaming icon, even mm -hmm. today, right? And if you inject a little more freedom into that development space, I'm excited to see where that that goes. I don't think that game comes out until like 2026, right? It's going to yeah, be a minute. No. So um, I think the other exciting thing, right, is there's I am not one of them. I don't know why I've, this game has eluded me. There's a lot of people excited about the possibility of Deus Ex uh, coming Yeek. back. Um, yeah. 
yeah <laughs> yeah brother um <laughs> um you know a uh popular franchise i don't know sales numbers how it did but i know a lot of people love that franchise mm-hmm. um and it felt like it was just languishing when when Square was wanting to shift more into the Marvel scene, right? So I think this is exciting for for them as well. I don't know, are either of you guys Deus Ex fans? Not particularly, but I'm with you that that group of fans tends to be dedicated and really excited about any kind of hint of news. So yeah, this could be really exciting. Right, and that's another one we won't see for another eight years, 10 years, right? Because this group just got, you know, just got these assets like what are they going to do with them but um at least the potential is there now where i feel like a lot of people didn't feel that way when when it was under square so alex any are you just excited for the future yeah i'm excited for i mean i don't think we're gonna get a new thief game Mm, Um, forget about thief right yeah i mean thief is kind of iconic and uh for a lot of people um same with deus ex i've deus ex has always eluded me even though i think if I had played them, they probably would be among, you know, my favorite games, just based on my tastes. For um, sure. But yeah, I'm I mean, very excited for a new Deus Ex game, if that were to come to fruition. Do you think that this news is too close to E3 season that we can expect some sort of interesting announcements there? Huh. That's a good question, because now we're getting to... I feel like the big pubs have kind of learned, right? And it's more about the games. So it's like, that's news. I feel like you get out ahead of time, but this is wild West now. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I feel like it's literally like any Monday, almost every time I wake up on Monday, I'm like, okay, who's getting bought up next. And, you know, I think this is interesting too, because we just saw the sale of, of Activision for billions, right? Versus this, you know, 300 million is, is, poultry compared to you know even um some of the mobile games like zynga right or no yeah it was zynga that that um take two bot right yeah yeah so like that was that was in the billions as well so it's like i'm curious the evaluations seem all over the board here and i know tomb raider is not call of duty but like that just seems that seems like a low ball especially like if they wanted to go like keep doing the movies right i know that last tomb raider movie didn't do super well but like you know there is franchise here um Mm -hmm. and so i feel like embracer really got that as a steal but yeah i think definitely we could hear by the end of the month another uh acquisition or two and that's on no knowledge right it just it, it feels like the 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 acquisition wars are just heating up right now so which i don't love but is what it is va how about you yeah, I mean, in regards to E3, or not E3, uh, probably whatever. E3 season now. Summer yeah, E3 fast. season. I, I think yeah. I'll always just refer to it as E3, but yeah, right. Yeah. By the side tangent, did did they uh, did some conferences get announced while I was on while I was out of town? So yeah, the Xbox Bethesda. Yep. Okay, it's the big one. Okay, when, and when was that? It was June June twelfth? June twelfth. Yep. Okay, good to know. Uh, gotta add that to my calendar. Yeah. Um, no, but. Whoop. I don't think we see anything from this acquisition. Maybe, maybe something from Embracer, just like a, a hype, like a real, you know, saying like this is now part of the Embracer family. You know, stay tuned for exciting announcements in the future. I don't think that we see anything like really tangible from this. Right. But there. you don't think that 
do you think Embracer would have its own conference? Not this year. In the future, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, if they keep these acquisitions going and keep picking up these. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime no, soon. No, yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> if they keep getting these steals. They're like, why wouldn't, why would we? Um, I don't think we see anything this year, but I think we start to see them crop up more and more. Uh, do do y'all think Square is done selling? I mean, at some point they have to have IP left, right? Unless they unless they're trying to get out of games, which would be a wild thing. Like I doubt, wild. I heavily doubt that, right? They announced Kingdom Hearts four that's coming in ten years. We know they want to make games for the next ten years. You know, um, I I I guess I can't imagine because like. Square is such a legacy on Nintendo too. I can't imagine those games just being on PlayStation anymore, right? But you know, I guess I've said that about other other properties like Call of Duty. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that they're planning on getting out of the game. I think this might be more about refocusing and sort of narrowing down what their vision is and what their mission is and what they're interested in. Um, and I guess that just wasn't you know, Tomb Raider or a lot of their kind of Western studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a bummer. Because um, Eidos Montreal did both Deus Ex and, um, and Guardians, right? Yeah, yeah, just did. Guardians, Guardians was really good. Like, that, that team's got some writing chops over there. Like, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like I said, I hope they're at a studio that values them now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Way. But, Wild stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 300 million man i've been watching sell and sunset i'm pretty sure i've seen houses listed on that show more than 300 million <laughs> what would you do with even like one percent of that alex um man so much <laughs> i'd go firstly i'd go on vacation there you go. pay off my student loans my debt i'd buy a, a quaint little house you know Maybe like one million dollar house, something you know, small. Yeah, extra upper. Well, you in know. California, that could be the t- the case. Yeah, <laughs> I literally saw a six hundred or five hundred thousand dollar house listing in L.A. the other day on Twitter. I am ast- and, I am astonished that that is a sentence that you can even. Well, say no, and it was literally like moldy walls. Like mm-hmm. it was, the inside of the house was black. Like it was just like falling apart. Oh, I was like, wow, that was five hundred thousand, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what I would do with that much money. I can't even comprehend it. So better, best not to think about it, Alex. Joe. I'd buy a lot of video games. I'll just go. disappear. You'd never see from me again or hear from me again. I'd be off. Well, off what? Because $3 million for you, Jill, that's like a grocery run, maybe? In, yeah, in California. I can buy a couple of groceries. Yeah. Get a couple <laughs> iced coffees. Mm-hmm. Maybe some avocado toast if I'm feeling particularly. Yeah. Oh, you silly millennial. (laughs) Ruining the economy. All right. (laughs) Get us out of here, Alex. (laughs) Oh, I was waiting for you to transition out. (laughs) Jill. My job to get us in here. Your job to get us out. out. There we go. (laughs) We're both. This is the first podcast we've done in two weeks. We'll we'll get into it, folks. I promise. Uh, Jill, let's move on to topic of the week. And uh, since Loot River is uh maybe higher up uh score wise mm-hmm. let's start there topic of the week loot river indie game go okay um so yeah i played loot river i had um 
some time to review. It was a very quick turnaround, but um, it came out on the 3rd, and it is out on Game Pass. Uh, so anybody who has that, totally worthwhile. It is essentially what it's sort of pitched as is a cross between Tetris and kind of a Souls experience. Uh, which is not exactly where I would put it, but it is a very interesting uh, pitch, and they absolutely deliver on that. Um, the Tetris thing is particularly interesting, which I thought it was going to be kind of clunky and sort of hard to to get around. Um, but you control your character, you know, with your left stick, like you do, uh, and then everything under your feet. You're going through waterways and corridors and that sort of thing uh you're basically on on different versions of wraps and they're all like tetris shaped things so you've got like t-shapes and u-shapes and squares and, and and all of that so the this the essential idea is like anytime you are traveling in the game you are doing a puzzle to sort of get through because you can't there are some things where your raft is too big and you have to shift over or you know so you're constantly moving um and you move the raft you are a hundred percent uh so you're moving your character and your raft at the same time oh okay. uh, which sounds a little mind-boggling but when you started it actually my instincts for the camera because there's no camera it's a top-down isometric. isometric yeah um, so my instincts for just moving the camera around just suddenly kicked in and that's a hundred percent, like it became second nature and it was so fun to just kind of like zoom through. It has these beautiful pixel art, um, style, art style to it. So when you're zooming through, you can see like the ripples in the water, but it's pixel arty and just really cool and fun. And it feels really dynamic. Um, and the souls kind of part of it is um, it's sort of combat because you lock on, you compare, you have these amazing counters where you have that Dark Souls moment where everything kind of kind of pauses and you do major damage and no one can hit you and you feel really cool and powerful. Um, but it's not a lot like Dark Souls. It is I think if I were going to explain this to somebody, the game is a lot more, it is a roguelike. Like, it's sort of a roguelite because you do have some minor, like, permanent progression. But I'm going to go with roguelike because it is, like, you die and you lose everything. You are back to square one. Wow. Um, yeah, so... You pick up, when you defeat enemies, you pick up knowledge, which I find is a really cool, I don't know why, like, that's such a simple, like, language change, but it's like, oh, I'm acquiring knowledge. You're getting smarter. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of the souls for this game, but not every single defeated character drops it. Um, so it is sort of a rare currency. You can take it, you can go back to the hub world area, and you can unlock um, gear, like armor or weapons, or um, like eventually sort of magic um, to be able to use later. But you can't just say, hey, I want to start a run with 
my most powerful sword or my most powerful like piece of armor you kind of start out at square one and when you go into the dungeon and you defeat something or you find a treasure chest you can pick those items up those are now unlocked to find in the game okay um and then you start every round you don't use the souls to uh level up or upgrade your stats in any way that actually happens by defeating enemies you have a little bar so when you defeat an enemy your bar goes up and when you hit the top you level up you put a a point in your stat but when you die those all go back down oh okay so you are constantly like at square one um and that's one of the things that this is going to be hard for some people because that is a very can be very like disheartening it can be very like rage quitting but it's so it is so good at capturing you that every time that happened to me i mean i would literally get to what i knew was the final boss for the loop i was mm. like five worlds in i was doing great i was just absolute destroy tier i had so many good perks um and then a stupid tiny enemy took me out and i wasn't prepared for it and you go all the way back and you're back to like i have a stick <laughs> uh and like common enemies can kill me again and it's yep. and you die like three times in the first uh level because you can't get any of your and it's like oh i want to quit this but then every single time i would be like but just one more run. I know I can do it. And then I would get really far again. And that's really the like draw and pull of this game is it's really going to test you. If you're one of those people, I do happen to be a Souls fan. So if you enjoy that sort of like overcoming challenge and that amazing feeling of like, yeah, I did it. I can't believe it. Like this is a very good game uh, for that feeling. Uh, but it is a little harsher and less accessible, I think, than Souls games because you aren't progressing. You don't have bonfires that let you go to the next level. Like you're always starting at one and going through. And it gave me sort of vibes of like um, that particular thing gave me vibes of like Hades, where when you die, you go back. You don't get to skip forward to the other levels that you've finally beaten into. You have to get right. all the way through in order to go but it sounds like it's not as forgiving as hades maybe is because of the amount of upgrades you get in that game versus loot river right um yes i think a lot of it is just you getting better at combat and recognizing like okay i know this character does this so this enemy does that and i'm staying away here um and learning how to use the platforms to your benefit like it's so much fun like souls games and this and and this particular and this game is are really fun because like finding a way to sort of cheese it is always rewarding somehow so like being able to like move the platform get away from anybody else charge up an attack move my platform unleash the attack and then run away very quickly with my platform and continue to do that it's just yeah. like Haha, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone does anyone ever fall in the water or what's below? No. Or are they linked? Oh, no, man. thank goodness. Yeah. I would be so upset if you could fall off the platforms. But there are some things that like kind of change up how you approach the platforms. So like in some levels, there are things like fire traps 
And if you aren't paying attention and you walk over it, it just starts flames erupt from the raft and your raft starts uh, burning and you will like die if you don't find another raft to jump to. And if you attach it to another raft, then that raft is going to burn up and then the next one and the next one. So you're like, you really have to get away. Sounds like chaos. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah. The game's been on my radar, but like just seeing it in action now, videos are out, you know, um, just see even even just gifts of the water uh, shaders and stuff going on. The game just looks really unique. And yeah, I'm, man, it's really very, very it. pleasing to the eye. And it's so much fun to like get to the different, very distinct areas and have a very different feeling about each. Like one feels sort of like oh this is gross and grimy and you know another is like oh this is a a lovely castle area but then you've got like super questionable and hard bosses <laughs> um and it's got a really interesting story it's very dark soulsy in that the story is not told like kind of out, up front there is a lot of like under the surface going on mm-hmm. um with finding different characters and figuring out what's going on and kind of uh, plugging in on the details sort of yourself and weaving everything in together. Um, There are a lot of mysteries to this game. So there are things that are not just on the regular run. So I would be going through and like, I found an illusory wall. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) now I have to go around hitting every wall I find. Uh, It's got some really fun, like even though it's like a kind of dark, gloomy-ish atmospheric game it's got some yeah. some some humor to it because the other day i found a uh what i believe was called a flatulence charm which i picked up and apparently it's something like if you get hit by an enemy you produce a toxic cloud that uh poisons yourself but you <laughs> become stronger and i'm like that is so funny um there's in the hub world there is a collection of chickens Mm-hmm. that you can go up and just pet you can pet, pet the, the chickens. chickens they cluck happily and i'm like every single time i'm in the hub i go check out those chickens because they're good luck yeah okay is it is it like go green if you attack them they start to clap back at you i don't know if you actually can attack them okay. i think okay. it's only well i don't know if i even tried what kind of horrible person would try to kill the chickens <laughs> yeah why would anyone do that <laughs> you're a monster um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I've definitely seen some people who were exasperated by the sort of roguelike-ish like progression stuff, and I'm 100% understanding of that. But if you're someone who's like a glutton for punishment like me, like go for it. This is a fun game to pick up and play, okay. and it's and- quick. It's one of those like you can play this for 15 minutes, hop out come back in whenever you're feeling like it okay and and forgive me you may have said it earlier but uh in loot river is it are the levels procedurally generated or is it like can you okay so it's different almost every time different every time absolutely okay wow this is checking a lot of boxes on uh alex's games he doesn't know if he wants to play but it looks cool like i want to get into (laughs) it um i i i'm gonna it's on my uh game pass download list but it's it sounds like it's leaving, leaning uh, heavily into those rogue-like uh, elements, like you said. So, yeah. Um, what did you get? Uh, give this game, Jill Grote? Uh I believe. Let me double check to make sure. Um, I gave this game an eight point five. 
Okay, so you were pretty high on it. I was pretty high on it. I was having a really fun time with it. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, if you want to learn more about Loot River, be sure to check out Jill's wonderful review. We may be streaming it today. Maybe we'll get to it. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Can you do keep... the entire stream in that voice? I can. It would be annoying. <laughs> and, uh, you sound like the apparently. I was just about to say, apparently I'm on Game Informer and we're talking about video games and we're going to go over to the playlist. Alex Van Aken <laughs> and Jill Grote have been playing things. Uh, wow, that like, after a while, that does just not feel good. <laughs> and I'm sure people are like, yeah, my ears feel bad. Yeah, it didn't too. sound good mm-hmm. either. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jill, let's let's keep the focus on you and Alex. Um you can jump in here as well. You also got to review uh, another indie title that I definitely think had a bit more buzz just given its placement on, mm-hmm. I think it was the PlayStation Showcase yeah. or State of Play, uh, however long ago that was. Time doesn't make sense anymore. What else have you been playing, Jill? Uh, I've been playing Trek to Yomi. Um, and it's funny because the two games are somewhat structurally similar. Interesting. Um, but I had a much less fun time with this particular title, um, which was less. sad because I was also following this game and very interested in it. Um, but I didn't find a whole lot to be excited about while I was playing. Um, I it is the the basic setup is that you are a a sort of orphaned uh, kid who's been taken in by a samurai and being trained to be a samurai um it is the big draw like the thing that is really holding up a lot here is it's very cinematic it is inspired by japanese cinema it is very aesthetically pleasing but for how aesthetically pleasing it is it looks bad (laughs) like it's a very bizarre sort of um half and half because it has these really cool like camera angles and like very artistic lean to the art direction uh it's all 100 percent black and white and it kind of has that filmic feel sort of grainy old bo- film mm-hmm. yeah light um, and all that yeah it, it so there's a lot of cool artistic to it but when you're actually playing the game and and gameplay itself it is so much a like playstation 2 era game and not in a good way it sounds not in like the greatest way um not in a way that like made me nostalgic um but it did make me want to go back and play things like the original fatal frame and like tenchu and things like that because like the graphics look really similar to those games and they're like it's surprising uh the game kind of plays that way too with like characters who are in dramatic urgent moments saying like you know they're screaming for help or whatever but their characters look like ah right you know and it's just like this is bizarre um gameplay is just not that much fun um you're the game is a, essentially a 2D side scroller. Okay. Um, so you're running from side to side, and characters run up to attack you. And like, if you're running this way, character is off the screen. They have to like run up to your line, and then face you, and then you can attack. 
So is it and kind of two and a half D in that way? Like people not, are coming from the background or is it off screen still? I mean, I, I guess two and a half is, is fair. 2.25. Um, but like the action all takes place on that one lane. Like you're okay. not going anywhere else. Um, okay. And it's got offshoots, but it's just like, oh, there's that one thing and I have to come back and now I can go back through the other route. Um, combat is a series of combo buttons so you're stringing together a bunch of uh button pushes which you know there are some cool moves like i in particular really like the like if you parry at the right time you can kind of step around and behind them and slash their back and that looks really cool um but for the most part it's just a series of button pushes and every time that you die it is uh very ps2 like not only in graphics but uh you have to save at save points uh, every minute or so. Mm. Um, so you would run up, fight a group, find something, fight another group, save at the save point, rinse and repeat. But if you happen to like get to that second group or get to the boss or whatever and like die, you're going all the way back to your last save. So hopefully, you know, you got the right save point and you didn't skip it somehow. Um, and everything repeats. So if the character had some sort of scripted dialogue, like, hmm, that post looks familiar. I remember this. And then runs along and like, if you die, you say that again. Mm. And you're going to die a lot in this game. So if you go back like 10 times and you have to hear about that one post again, like... I'm going to throw your console. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I don't the, care about the post. I don't care about <laughs> we it. We don't care. Get a lot of here. Is is this meant to be a difficult game, or is it because the combat is so uh, um, archaic, like it becomes challenging in that way, right? Or is it meant to be like a hard experience? I think there's there's some level of there's it is supposed to be challenging on some to some degree. Um, this particular game does have. Um, choices in the very beginning so you can choose to go in and just um explore the story or be you know kind of in the middle or like super hard um battles and fighting and all of that jazz so you do have that choice early on mm -hmm. um which i went straight down the middle you know trying to have what is the sort of ideal experience of having the story and the fighting um but like even if you choose the if you choose to go without combat and make combat super easy, the story's not not there. That's the thing that probably disappointed me the most because I wanted this to be it's supposed to be inspired by Japanese cinema. It's, it's got this amazing artistic look to it. I was hoping that the story would sort of reflect that, but it seems it seemed to me that the game relied almost entirely on tropes and well-worn, you know, themes that we've heard over and over again with no real nuance. You know, you are, you are the samurai, you are the, you know, persistent yeah. and duty sworn and, you know, Nothing all of that. Nothing will break that until it does like that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the, the beginning kind of struggle, I don't really agree agree with people keep coming back to a choice that you made which and they keep saying that you did it for like a bad reason and it's like well 
the game never showed that in any way. So I don't agree with the conflict that's happening. Um, You do, you get a choice sort of uh, like about three times in the game. And the choice doesn't seem to be important until the very end. And then it seems super important because it completely changes the ending that you get. Um, And you're not really sure how they're connected or what, so like that was messy. I didn't really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I got through my notes. My notes kept getting a little more sassy every single time with the story. I was like, oh no, I could never have suspected this would happen. <laughs> You're um, like, oh, that's Jill. Sort of how I felt the whole kind of through the game. But I t- like, I do want to encourage people to try it out just because it is so incredibly. Um, aesthetically cool you know like it is you will walk through and like just normal walking and you run up to an enemy and it's just a normal encounter but you're you're two people in the middle of a river with like lightning striking behind you and it's this very cool framed situation and it's so bizarre because it's like on one hand that's really cool and i really liked that about the game on the other hand you've got these like strange archaic design and graphical look to it and so yeah this game was not as high up on my list unfortunately right but it well, is also on game pass if anybody wants to check it out so it is on game pass okay mm-hmm. interesting okay alex what did I, I know i think you were in a similar boat at least in the idea that people should play it for the visual aesthetic alone correct yeah um I've only played an hour of this game. Okay. So keep that in mind. Yep. 20% of the game though, evidently. Um, but yeah, I just, I couldn't help but keep thinking that I don't want to call it a bad game, but the, the sentence that kept popping up into my, my mind was sometimes it's worth playing a bad game. Okay. Uh, and this seems like one of those instances to me because it has i'll say a mediocre game how about that's a little kinder uh sometimes it's good to play a a mediocre game um because i think there is there are some redeeming qualities to it i mean i agree with jill 100 percent um the real only redeeming quality is the framing and like the filmic look to it um it is just like it is Kurosawa like through and through like even like when the game hitches and like there's a lower frame rate it kind of plays into like the old shutter speed shutter angles they would use filming those like Mm -hmm. where things don't quite feel like as natural as they would be um and so kind of like even when the game does mess up they kind of like have this like parachute where like well it kind of looks like those old cameras um and yeah, just the framing. I mean, really, that's all I care about. Is like, it's like, what if you got, what if you were like looking at those old like camera angles, but then you could like walk around and, and explore. And now that there's really much to explore, right. um, which is a bummer. Uh, but it was, it's, it's just like novel to me. It reminds me almost of like Resident Evil, um, those like tank controls almost in certain mm-hmm. sections. Um, where you are walking through this space on a fixed camera angle. And it's really awkward because of that. 
but it's also like really gorgeous. And at times I feel like only a video game could do this, like this mm -hmm. feeling that it's giving me. Um, yeah, that particular uh, thing for me, flashback to the original Fatal Frame and how a lot of the time, like you don't control the camera, like you control the camera that you have as an item, but like the camera is looking down at you or looking around. So it, it, it heightens the sense of like, you don't have control and it's scary and a uh, ghost could get you at any moment and you can't see around corners and stuff. Like it yeah. does give me that sort of vibe. Um, yeah. Obviously this isn't a, I, I don't know if I can say that. Cause like there, I, uh, the, the game does go to some scary places. Uh, really? Setting-wise, because Yomi, if you don't know what that is, you should look it up. Uh, yeah, I've homework. It's not a town. <laughs> it's okay. not a town. No. Huh. Um, okay. It's a place. It is. Yeah, it is a supernatural place. Interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it it's not supposed to be scary in that way, or at least it did not come off to me as supposed to be like a frightening horror game. So yeah, for those, sure. yeah. It didn't have exactly the one-to-one, -one, but like the just having unique looks to things. Like video games in general tend to have a certain look, and that's what you're used to. And then as soon as that breaks, it's so refreshing. So this game, 100%, I'm gonna give it credit for that. It is a very cool-looking game. Yeah, and like even like the black and white look like really lends itself to like classic tropes, like, like, like design language stuff, you know, like, oh, that platform is covered in light. I should probably walk over there. And that's where I'm probably supposed to go. Like stuff like that really pops in, in like with, cause like not only is it black and white, but everything looks like it's coming through like an old film lens, which has mm -hmm. like your highlights bloom and flare. Um, and that works really well for, navigating the space even though it is still awkward to navigate those spaces there's just it's like it's like such uh it is not a great game but i think it's worth checking out um that's kind of where i fall on it like i could even see myself i've only played an hour but i think i might restart and i i only played on story mode uh so like i'm like one-shotting the enemies and it's a much more enjoyable game for that um to like just kind of like soak in the ambiance of it all interesting because uh, i think like the, the yeah i'm i could keep rambling but i agree with jill um if you're at all interested though i think check it out knowing that the gameplay elements are going to be a big disappointment but if you are interested in the presentation the format um or just like old you know samurai movies or even like western movies that borrowed from those tropes mm -hmm. uh check it out mm -hmm. and also to uh like not to praise and get into like xbox game pass because we like i feel like we do that so much but it is such a testament to how cool that subscription is because you can I didn't realize it was on there mm -hmm. yeah it's coming mm. out a day of i believe Okay, because um, I always associate it with PlayStation, but it is yeah, on Xbox. Yeah, because of all of it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you get to pick these up and try them out. So even if a game, 
like Trectiomy isn't something that you would pay full price for. You get to experience the cool look of it um, without having to be upset that maybe this is not the game you wanted to spend. You know, maybe you only get a chance to spend enough for one game and this is the game that you got saddled with. And I think we've all had that experience before. I certainly have. Um, Time shift. <laughs> clever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it is definitely worth checking out just for the absolute like loveliness of it. Interesting. What a what a bizarre contradiction. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like it's very rare that we get something where it's like the art style is amazing, right? But the graphics are subpar, like the character models are subpar and stuff like that. And right. honestly, this may be low hanging fruit, but like everything you're talking about makes me go, I never beat Iki Island in Ghost of Tsushima and I can throw Kurosawa mode on and that sounds like a better use of my time, frankly. But, um, yeah. you know, uh, I it- will say, I think that it's the 2D plane almost works better than Ghost of Tsushima reinforcing that um that style mm. i mean I, I think you'd have a blast playing tsushima probably but i almost think that this game does a better job realizing those old movies mm-hmm. than ghost of tsushima does because because oftentimes ghost did feel like it was just a black and white filter that they threw like a a, a looping fill grain on right yeah there's there's sections where it worked better than than others right but um interesting well yeah, yeah this feels filmic whereas i didn't get that from ghost of Tsushima. like the the cinematics in Tsushima, if, uh you're in black and white would probably feel good and then like uh but because the nature of this game because it is on such a narrow plane you can uh make that presentation a lot easier mm-hmm. but it, i would in no way encourage anybody to pick this up over ghost ghost is so much better yeah and because you mentioned the like the cool fight, right? And I just in my head flashed to the bot one of those many boss battle, um, uh, cool, samurai like duels. And, yeah, I might play yeah. that too. Actually, those are so good. you got it. I've been bro. I've been in a rut a little bit lately, and like just wanting to play something. Mm-hmm. And I ne- I got probably four or five hours into Ghost and dropped mm. it. Maybe it's time to go back. It is. It is an exceptional, exceptional. Can game, you play right? in Kurosawa mode from the beginning? Yep. Now? Yeah, okay. you can turn it turn it on from the start. So because that wasn't at launch, right? I think so. What? I could be wrong though. Was it okay? Um, you're making me question you're right. It, it was. Now, right? It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and that also, especially like, yeah, Ghost is great. We're not going to get too much deeper into it, but I feel you, Alex. Okay. Uh, Jill, Trek to Yumi. What did you give it? Uh, this was. Let me double check because uh, it's not. I remember what I don't it want is. to tell you guys what the wrong one is. Okay. It is a 6.75. Okay. So not unplayable by any stretch. No. Something to check out if you, and it sounds like you beat it in five hours, six hours. Yeah. It's about a five hours, five to seven hours is what the developer said. That sounds like the perfect, like cozy Sunday, right? You're not doing anything else. You're just chilling, right? I'm a, I'm a download this game, play it for a couple hours and then be done. So, um, go check that out. Uh, we also have the video review, if I'm not mistaken, on yep. the YouTube page. So if you like your media visual, you're in the right place. YouTube. It'll be a pretty looking video review. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And Alex Van Aken, you get to you get to see the pretty video. You get to hear his pretty voice. You get to read Jill's beautiful words. It's great. Wow, yeah. What else do you What else do you want? All right. Um. Cool. Alex, 
I feel like it's been weeks since we talked about anything else that you've been playing. What uh, what have you been up to? What else you've been playing? Yeah, I've been. Um, God, it's been a few weeks. Um, <laughs> my dad's been in the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a month. I was there for a while. If people follow me on social, they know about all that stuff. So I wasn't really playing games then. I brought my Switch, didn't play it once. Uh, then I got back for a few days before a work trip, played some Apex Legends, a little bit of League. Then I was on a work trip for a week. And so I haven't really been around my house to play games. So I've just had my Switch. Uh, I've been playing Spelunky, believe it or not. And I don't have anything interesting to say about Spelunky other than... <laughs> I've been playing it and I love that game. I think it's funny. Blake and I both played it recently and he bounced off of it. And he's like this. I get why people like this. It's really good. It's great for what it is. This is not a game for me. Whereas I'm the opposite. I'm like, this thing's great. This is exactly my kind of game. Uh, Dude, if I feel like there's like some of those indies out there that I like, you just know the name and you know that they are, they demand respect but you've never played them for me, like rogue legacy. I've never played that, but I know how big of a game and how big of an impact that had on, you know, the scene. Yeah. I feel like Spelunky is another one of those games for a lot of people. So that's why I want to talk about it today. Cause I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there who have heard of Spelunky, but they've never checked it out. Um, and it, it's so much fun on switch. I actually downloaded it on my wife's switch light. And I'm reminded of how much I like the Switch Lite. The D-pad on that that handheld is so awesome. And I feel like it gives the OLED's screen a run for its money. Um, I always felt like the Switch Lite looked way better than the regular Switch. It was a smaller screen, so you had more pixels per inch. And I just felt like it was a more vibrant screen. Uh, obviously yeah. it's not OLED, but I want to throw a bomb in here and then run away, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're ever getting a switch pro. How do you feel about that? Uh, no, but we will get a switch too. I feel like eventually. Yeah. 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 I think okay. OLED is the, is the final version of the switch as we know it. I, th- I think there's but a lot, there of will people, be more switches. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people in our industry who want that to happen, uh, because they reported as such. So, um, but I would like, you know, I, I yes, we all want a more right. um, powerful switch. That'd be that'd be amazing. So, um, the switch okay. you switch you. Oh no! <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been playing Spelunky. I've made it to the second level once. I'm still stuck on the first level. But man, I love the the compass in that game. That's like my favorite item. Um, just because it tells me where I'm supposed to go and, and I'm trying to. So I think the way it works is that like, once you get to the, the tunnel in between the two worlds a few times, then you get, you unlock the shortcut to that second world. Um, and so I'm just slowly trying to, you know, make my way. It's such a hard game, but like learning all the systems and the rules is so much fun. And like seeing how like different items interact with each other and what happens, what happens if I set this thing on fire or what happens if, you know, I, I, instead of grabbing this special treasure, what happens if I hit the treasure? Um, what can I like? Yeah. Attacks. yeah. Like, I, Oh, I, there's this altar covered in blood. What happens if I kill an enemy on top of it? Oh, something happened. Like it's just a game of, you know, cause and effect. Like that is Spelunky. It's like, I'm going to like do this action. What weird thing is going to happen? 
um it's just full of like emergent moments right mm -hmm. and it's a lot of fun uh, especially on switch i definitely recommend picking it up splunky 2 is on switch as well i'll pick that up eventually but i've been enjoying playing the classic one um just in my downtime while watching episodes of selling sunset uh and, and yeah barry. other and barry i'm we're barry. supposed to be starting barry maybe tonight we'll see oh. jill you watch barry i have watched barry i have not watched it all the way through though oh you gotta finish it it's so good okay barry, barry's one okay. of the best shows I'm on tv okay. yeah. but that's all i've been playing alex how about you okay. Okay. <laughs> i uh Y'all demanding me to do voices today. It's 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 a roller coaster. Nobody's <laughs> demanding that you talk like this. You just chose to. <laughs> just to clarify. Jill said yeah. I had to talk like the apparently kid earlier. Now I'm doing this. I don't know what's going on. I like that you you're doing it so, in the whisper too. Yeah. You sound so much like the apparently kid. It's ridiculous. <laughs> apparently I am. I think we're close to the same age, so you never know. It could have been me. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, audio listeners, if you can't see, I am wearing the Halo shirt. Uh, it, it's time, right? We got to talk about it. We haven't talked about it in days. And I got to talk about it. Halo Infinite, little indie game. Uh, it came out last year uh, to great success. Shadow dropped their, their multiplayer right campaign was one of the best we've seen in a long time. Great start. Some issues, right? Battle Pass, not very good. Uh, some of the support, lacking, what? right? I, bro. The battle pass had awesome unlocks. It did okay. Towards the end of it, it did, but it definitely like we took a while to get there, right? There was the problem sure. with like it took forever to unlock anything. You'd grind like all day and you get like a level or two, right? You know, three for three had some issues at the start. They've worked them out over the course of season one, and now we are finally in season two of Halo Infinite. And I've played a good probably three hours, right? So nothing comprehensive yet, but um Actually, no, I've played probably closer to four or five given the stream this week that we did. And then um, this uh, this morning I was playing. Yeah, um, I uh, the, for those who don't know, I guess I'll set the scene right. Season two has a new battle pass. It has two new maps and it has technically so they they advertise as three new modes. But there's more than I thought that was going to be in this. And I can break that down in a second. Oh, um, interesting. There's also a new uh, um, cinematic trailer for the story that's going on in season two titled Lone Wolves, right? The, the, the banished have their own AI now, um, that kind of stuff. There's also new um, seasonal events, right? So it, it, it's, it's a decent amount of content at the start. I think people are not, uh, people are still um, bemoaning it for the fact that uh, we were told co-op was going to be at the start of season two. It is not here. I think according to their roadmap 343 put out, um, it has been uh, delayed. I think they're going to beta test in August. If I remember that right, I could be wrong. I will double check. But so Forge and, and co-op are still coming. It's just taking a while. But focusing on the good, there is a lot in this season already that i am i'm genuinely enjoying and i don't know it may i'm scared because it may be a little too little a little too late but what's here is very good um and i think the highlight so far for me has been the last spartan standing mode which is battle royale light i would call it so it is a 12 person free-for-all you start with the shock pistol and a normal pistol Right. Okay. And you're in, you start on, at least as of this recording, Breaker, the new map is the only one available. It is a banished 
ship uh, yard where they're breaking down ships and stuff like that. Um, so very, very uh, a stark difference to the Pacific Northwest themes of the majority of of what we've seen from Halo Infinite thus far. Um, last part in standing, you start with those weapons, no grenades, right? So, and then how it works is it's kind of like gun game where it's anytime you get a kill or assist, you build up your points, right? And if you hit, okay. I think the first, like you start at level zero or level one, the next level is once you get enough assists or kills to fill that point total, you go up to, you get a mangler. Um, and then your pistol um, falls out of that rotation, right? Because you only get two weapons. Um, from there, it's then you get the assault rifle. And then after that, you get the commando. And then I think it's the the bulldog shotgun. And then I think it's the BR. Um, I think that's the, the hierarchy of it. So the more you get kills and assists, right, the, the better your art- artillery is, right? And if you have a BR versus someone with a commando, you're probably going to win that fight. Yeah. Um, the draw of this, though, Jill and Mr. Van Aken, is that it is bad it, you only have five lives and once those are done you're out like that, that's it um so it is that thing where it's like you are very motivated to get kills right because the and assists because you do get better gear right the flip side of that though is if you're going in guns blazing like yours truly like the fool that i am you're gonna lose lives quicker right unless you're a beast you know which there are plenty of them out there um like, you know, I, it's it's an interesting mix, like in any battle royale you see, right? Where like sometimes the the person who is three and like six wins the match, right? And the person who went 14 and one loses, right? So all the while this chaos is happening, you're fighting against these 12 players with the five lives, right? Um, the, the map starts to shrink a little by little. There's, you know, the classic uh, um, circle Perfect. of death, you know, moving in. Uh, not until the, I, I don't think it starts to move in. I'm sure it moves in at three or four people left, but there, there's a certain time you get the, the, the full, uh, breath of the map at the start. So, um, I wasn't sure about this mode going into it. I thought it felt like a half measure. And as Mike from breaking bad says, there was, we don't do half measures here, right? It's full. <laughs> you go full, right? So I was skeptical coming into this and it took me about two or three matches on stream the other day. And I was like, Oh okay, this is something like they're on to something here. It is this perfect, like I only have 15 minutes. Cool. I'm going to jump into this and see if I can win a, a, a mini battle Royale because it does have those highs and lows, right? Where it's like, I am one of two people and the circle is moving in and like, I don't know what they have. Right. And I know I have like the, just the shotgun. So it's like, how am I going to use that to my advantage? Um, it's very chaotic and very satisfying when you do get into those upper levels, like like a battle a battle royale, right? But it is it is inherently different, right? Because you're not picking stuff off the map as much, right? It's not like PUBG where you know your best gun is sitting in the middle of the map. It's like it really forces you to rely on your skills, which I really like because it's like by level three you have the AR, and I'm like, okay, if I can get to that point but before I lose a certain amount of lives, I'm set and I'm ready to go, right? Um, but it is, it is, it's an interesting mind game too. And I've, I haven't struck the balance yet of playing conservative enough to not be in the center trying to get kills while also like, you know, boosting those points, right? So I can get the weaponry that I'm going to need if I want to get into that final showdown. Um, and it's a mode that I, it, it feels like a nice modern touch for Halo that I'm really enjoying and I want to see on, on other maps because. 
Um, I really like that, and I really like Breaker, the map that it's on. It, like I said, more deserty. I really enjoy the verticality to it, and it's not. It's it's it doesn't feel uh, the flow feels better than something like some of the other big team mat, uh, battle maps because it feels like it is meant for. Uh, like individual traversal better than some of those other spaces do because it's like it's these derelict ships right but like there's a ton of platforms for you to jump on and and scamper through and i found i was doing best when i was using that verticality and it just had a nice flow to it and and you know brown slash those oranges are are kind of drab right but i feel like it fits with the the aesthetic of the banished um and I'm really enjoying it. There's this, there's this lava pit in the middle that you can either fall into or there's this laser cutting through a ship that if you accidentally jump into, you're gone. You're not even matter at that point. Um, and I haven't got to play it outside of, of Last Spartan Standing, but I'm really, really impressed so far. And it's continuing that trend that I would argue 343 is making some of the best uh, Halo maps we've seen in a long time. And I think That's Breaker awesome. is a part of that. So I think you're going to like that mode a lot, Alex. I just installed the update while you were talking. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Um, The other, the other couple of things I know I'm, I'm ranting and raving here, but um, the other couple of things that I really like, uh, I've only got to play catalyst once, which is kind of a bummer, um, which is the arena map, very reminiscent of guardian from halo three in um, visual aesthetic. And also um, I feel like movement. There is a nice sense of movement in there too, because there is, uh, not not to the level of breaker right but there is verticality and platforms that you need to consider it is very like you know it's that kind of map right where i'm on floor zero and i'm seeing that there's an enemy on the radar yeah. but i don't know what floor they're on uh, mm-hmm. you know above me so it's like that is a it, that is a challenge right to figure out and and get pretty pretty hectic um uh, and I got to play a game mode, which brings me to like the next point that I really like of this. It called like I think it was Vampire Ball. It's Oddball, but with different a different rule set. Um, in that you are when you pick up the ball and you get a kill with it, you get overshield or you get a boost to your shield. So it's like it's it's and there's no uh, movement speed. Um, uh, uh, not cooldown. What's the word I'm looking for? Um effect right so you're as fast as the normal spartans so you can be running around just like a juggernaut right just smashing people with the with the ball right and you're getting overshield for it so it encourages you encourages you to play a little bit more aggressively while also staying tactical right um and i thought that was a nice fit for the uh the, the catalyst map that i played it on but that's not like the big focus was on King of the Hills, right? And I don't need to, King of the Hills, great. It's King of the Hill. Play with a, a good party, otherwise you're going to lose. Like, we've, we've been there, done that, right? Like, there's, they finally have added variations to these game modes that are very exciting to me. Like, I played Rumble Pit, and it was uh, Ninja Free For All. And it was, everyone had an, or had an energy sword and the grapple shot. Unlimited grapple shot, and then it, you just went, right? And you had um, plasma grenades as well. And it was just beautiful chaos everyone was swinging around like trying to get each other like trying to figure out who gets advantage right when you harpoon someone with the grapple shot i was like this is glorious and this is exactly what this game needed because that's the beauty of the campaign in that game is the free use of those those um equipment pieces right and the more that 343 can embrace that within multiplayer the better that suite is going to get and like I played Tactical Slayer and it's not just BRs anymore. I played one with the Commando. I played one with the Stalker Rifle. So it finally feels 
like it is a bit more fully fleshed out. It doesn't feel like, okay, I'm going to Fiesta. I know exactly what this is. Like, this is fun, right? I'm enjoying this. But it's like, it is what it is, where it's like, now it's like, oh, like, are we going to get Ninja Free For All? Or, or is it going to be like regular? Like, you know, there's some excitement there. Um, yeah. And especially with like the the solid map design. And I, I'm not ready to pass full judgment yet on the maps that I've played just because like I like Behemoth at the start and now I hate that map. So um, I will say I, as someone who played this game pretty religiously almost every day for the first three months of, of it being out, this is something I am excited about. And, and I think the right steps to get me back and to have a nice battle pass again, where they've added like common courtesy. Uh, I keep wanting to say common courtesy because it's the normal thing you would say. Right. But mm -hmm. It is the it's the the money to buy the stuff in stores. So oh, like you, okay. you could grind the the battle pass was like eight ninety nine this time. Sure, it's a hundred per whatever you know the different levels you hit right. So it's like presumably I could get, um, you know, a, an exciting new piece of armor if I really wanted it to without spending extra money. Yeah, and that's that, awesome. that's that's a really nice touch. So I am afraid though. Because we only have 12 maps, right? I'm, I'm afraid it's not going to lure people back, like the more casual people back in because it doesn't make enough of a splash because it's not like Battle Royale, you need to be here for it. No, it's a, it's a free-for-all mode, right? With some Battle Royale elements, right? New maps, right? But it's only two. And I, I literally, in my four hours of playing, I only got Catalyst once, which was a bummer, right? So it's like, I'm afraid people who are going to come back and be like, okay, yeah, they've added some new stuff here and there, but I don't know if it's yeah. enough to pull me in so um but I know, i'm excited to check it out especially those battle pass improvements um seem sick too so yeah definitely it's one of those things that i feel sort of bad about because it did when it came out it seemed like so many people were so excited uh initially and then you had some of these problems you know maybe rubbing people the wrong way and it feels so much like uh, if this sort of thing could have happened much sooner or I mean, you said it earlier with a little too, too little, too late uh, sort of vibe here. And I get the sense that a lot of people are going to jump back in and be like, OK, you know, it's fine. And then jump out, whereas it could have been the like, this is the game that people are playing this year right. uh, thing. So it is sort of sad in a way to see right. that. I genuinely think if this is the launch suite that they launched with, or if this is the, the multiplayer suite that they launched with, like we are not having these conversations about a uh, dead game. Like, you know, those, <laughs> those assholes, like, um, that's your new voice that you have to do. through the uh, whole I am, I am a gremlin <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Um, it is, <laughs> I'm it sorry. Is, <laughs> I'm not. Um, it is, it's something like that. I really hope keeps people like me, in in the experience right especially now like now is the perfect time at least for me i don't have a game i'm excited about coming out until june right so i i could play this for another month right and and be happy with that right but it's it is a thing where it's like you know and i think the the halo championship series was on twitch i think last weekend or the weekend before and it was doing 50 60k on twitch so it's like you see me playing i was yeah. in there yeah yeah bro. Like my... nice triple yeah <laughs> yeah yeah spectacular yeah. yeah dude yeah this i did that for you it. Yeah, I thanks, told my buddy. team I was like, "This is for Stadnik," and I just yeah. ripped it. <laughs> yeah, go to go uh, follow. What are you on Team Liquid? Yeah, Twitch.tv slash Team Liquid. Okay, uh, yeah. player number three. Cool. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll go look out for you. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would encourage people, though, who started at the in December, right, thought it was fun and maybe fell off. I would encourage you to give this a shot because I think there is a lot more variation here. And I think it is it's a fun thing now where it's like, obviously, if you just want Team Slayer, it's there, right? But like if if you want a little bit more freedom and creativity in your game modes, like it, it feels like it's here now, which is exciting. Um, haven't got to play Land Grab um, and haven't gotten to play Breaker outside of, like I said, Last Spartan Standing. But I'm excited to do so, and I'm going to keep. I know I'm going to keep playing it uh, over the next couple of weeks while we wait for Mario Strikers. I think is the next big game I'm excited for. Right, right, Pia. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, go check that out. I did a stream um, Tuesday, and then I, I think I'm going to put it on the YouTube page just for for people to see because I want people to have fun with Last Bird Standing. You know. Yeah. So. Awesome. That was a lot. Uh, yeah. We are. We're gonna take a little little siesta. We're gonna take a little nappy nap, and then uh, we'll be right back with some community emails. So get your blankets, get your cocoa. It's gonna be nice. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. Uh, time for housekeeping, and then we're gonna get into some listener emails. Lots of Star Wars themed. Uh, questions this week because you know may the fourth be with you of course um also with you yes and what's the one for the fifth the the cinco de mayo no like like the sith return of the return of the fifth attack of the fifth attack of the fifth or something i like my tacos better than your weird aliens wizards (laughs) uh of course we are we, we always start housekeeping off with a new listener review uh this week's podcast review comes from the username is just person who enjoys podcasts i promise i didn't have my mom go and leave leave this review she already left a review early on so <laughs> she only has one account guys this is a real person um yeah mom five, just don't make it too obvious your mom not a real mom. person <laughs> she is real yeah. but like she's biased True. um so this person who enjoys podcasts wrote in uh with a five-star review the the subject line says ballin and then the body just says but at what cost I have, so, give, what God? I have given this review like way too much thought. I've sat there like at nights. It's like, but what do they mean at what cost? Is what it, do is they it, know? Is it the cost of, of, of stardom, right? Because everyone's everyone's on the street right now just like waiting for me to come out of my apartment. It's a whole the Beatles paparazzi's, thing, right? you know? Yeah, outside my door. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I, I just wish I could go back to, you know, just working in the coffee shop, being unrecognized, <laughs> you know? Life is so different now. At what cost, Alex? Uh, yeah, yeah, everything. Oh, that's going to haunt my dreams tonight. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that funny review, person who enjoys podcasts. And thank you for taking the time out of your week to go and help us out by leaving an honest review over on Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave us a rating there. Uh, we appreciate all of the support. It really does help us out. Uh, this week, we are going to be streaming on thursday potentially some overwatch potentially some loot river big question mark but we will be live thursday 2 p.m central over at twitch.tv game informer and then the following day same time 2 p.m central uh we're gonna be i think we've got more star wars going up um with mr marcus stewart uh, but yeah whatever you're whatever we're playing we'll be there thursday and friday 2 p.m central Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. 
over on YouTube, go make sure to go check out our Truck to Yomai video review. Uh, of course, Jill wrote that review. I voiced and edited it, so we'd love it if you went and checked it out. And you kind of see what we were talking about with, you know, game looks really good, but also isn't necessarily all the way there. Um, so yeah, go check out our video review. It's awesome. Uh, follow the crew on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, wherever they're at, social media. Follow Alex Stadnick at Studnick76. You can follow Jill at Finruin. Uh, and you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Um, just three of us this week. It's It feels weird. Like normally I have a whole laundry list of social media <laughs> handles to read off. It was easy, easy this week. At yeah. Sudnik76, at Finn Ruin. That's F-I-N-R-U-I-N. Mm -hmm. And me, I'm at It's Van Aiken. Uh, lastly, go check out all of our other amazing podcasts, video gameography. The crew is currently going through the uh, Supergiant Games roster. Uh, I'm excited for that upcoming Hades episode. Should be fun. Yeah, um, sneak peek. I'm going to be on it. Oh, oh you did. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to say, okay, all right. Let's go. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, check out our weekly Nintendo podcast, All Things Nintendo. Got a very special episode coming up. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna, buddy. it's not my place to say anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but just knowing what I know, you've got a treat coming. Uh, and then lastly, check out our comic book podcast from panel to podcast. That's it for housekeeping this week, Alex. Let's get into some listener emails. Listener emails. We haven't done this in a bit because uh, last week we didn't do any listener emails because we had Joe Juba on. Um, yeah. By the way, I, I will community. I promise I will get uh, the game draft uh, voting posted. It should be posted already. But um, this is the part of the show where you get to write in. Tell us, uh, ask us how we're doing, you know, what we're doing. Ask us whatever you want. You know, we've had, we've had plenty of great shows where people uh, throw in some random stuff and we appreciate you for it. But you can send in your queries and uh, concerns to podcast at GameInformer.com or you can send to us, send them to us over on Discord, which Alex Van Aken, how do people get in on that? Yeah, just subscribe on twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, link here, Twitch to your Discord in the Discord desktop app. Uh, and then we should appear in your, your server integrations. If you have any issues, email me, alexvanaken at gameinformer.com. There's a couple of emails I'm sitting on still. I apologize for the delay. I'll get you in there. It's been... Um, uh, a, a, a hectic week. Um, it's been but, one week since you looked at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been one week since I looked at my inbox. So um, I will get back to you uh, ASAP. But yeah, Alex Van Aken at GameInformer.com if you have any issues. Uh, yeah, Alex, let's do this. Cool. And we got a great crop. Uh, Star Wars themed for the most part here. Um, but before we get into the Star Wars fun, uh, there's this this upstart um, new Discord member that I want to read from here. And this is from um, Dame, Dame, Damien Tack. Does that sound familiar? Danielli? Danielli? Yeah. Danielle Tack? <laughs> yeah. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. What would a famed whose line is it anyway person say about Grizzlies in five? Thank you for making a great show. Uh, he'd be wrong, Dan. <laughs> He'd be wrong because they didn't win in five. They won in six. So that shows what Greg Proops knows. All right. Also, it's very close to poops. It's funny. Um, if you're if you're curious of why, uh, what that joke is, be sure to go to my Twitter and uh, it'll become a little bit more clear. Wolves are coming, <laughs> baby. They will just be next season. Don't you worry. Moving on to a real question from a real person. <laughs> um, attack Cor and Attack Corgi writes in and says, 
a simple question. What's your lightsaber color? I thought this was very good. It's a simple question, but one that's hard to answer. Right. Because I feel like the colors also represent the Jedi that wields them, right? Outside of just like red for Sith, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like the purple lightsaber is so linked to Mace and his style of of authority, right? You know, no nonsense, like always, always thinking someone's scheming, right? But also can mess stuff up when he when he needs to. But purples always look really cool. Yeah. I I had a hard time with this too because the last time we did the super replay um, for Jedi Fallen Order it was the spoilers turn away if you haven't played uh, it was the the moment where you got to pick the lightsaber choice of color um, and I couldn't remember exactly what I had picked the first time because I went back and forth between I think for Cal I probably just gave him Cal's color maybe I shouldn't spoil that but um yeah it's really hard I feel like I have an attachment to the original just green Mm -hmm. so I feel like I kind of want to pick green but also like I also want to be unique in some way so like what if I just picked an entirely different color you know right I don't know what color what's what's a wild color like you know. target red what if it just like was green until i hit something and then it like it was like a mood ring or something oh or so just... you knew how like how mad you were by like when it comes out of the like <laughs> it's like oh that is like sun orange she's here to mess stuff up like let's go mm-hmm. yeah i like that i could mess with that so, we VA. need some new technologies. We can't just have one solid color anymore. Right. We need to step forward. What if it was a rainbow lightsaber? I'm down. Whoa. Some kind of shimmer. Get yeah. it in there. Yeah. I have always been, ever since um, Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight 2, in multiplayer, I believe you could, you could pick your color, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I've always been, I've, I've never liked the traditional lightsaber colors. I like to go off the beaten path. I don't want to do red. I'm not evil. I don't want to do blue or green. That's always been like, well, that's Luke, you know, and that that's that's not me. Um, for a while, I liked Mace Windu's purple. Um, but actually, my canon lightsaber color for, for Alex uh, is yellow. Oh. I, was, okay. I okay. always loved the yellow lightsabers. Never knew much about them other than they look cool. There's like, you'd see them like, you know, off screen kind of that there was that one character who had who rocked one. But after further investigation, of course, there are meanings the to, to the yellow lightsaber. The yellow crystal uh, symbolizes I think it's I, I've got it pulled up in front of me, so I don't speak out of my butt, but it's associated with the Sentinels um, who are a group that try to seek balance between the consulars and the guardians, which I think is like the the two schools, right? Uh, and essentially they're like in the middle and they're like the, the force doesn't solve everything. Interesting. And they're very practical. Mm-hmm. And I think that I always kind of like being in the middle and, um, you know, it's the centrist of lightsabers really is what I'm trying to get at. Coward! <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I'm uh, no, I, I just like yellow. I thought, I always thought it was cool. Like uh, kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah. 
One of the characters in uh, High Republic has a yellow lightsaber. I think they've gotten a little bit more creative with that, so that's cool. I like that choice. Did I Ray th- have a yellow lightsaber in the movies? Yeah, huh? I think so. Uh, I don't uh, remember. I there are some a- things that have wiped from my memory. Uh, so that I've wanted to have wiped from my memory. Um, I think I would go pink because, like, like it's it. it's I for a couple reasons, right? I intimidation number one well i was gonna say it would throw people off because you got those toxic like aliens out there who are like oh look at this pink lightsaber whatever so it'd throw them off guard it would they would underestimate me right and then it would just be done chop them up chop their wings off the whole thing right um but it's like i feel like like if mace is my like favorite right he like he's one of the coolest jedi especially in the original or like in the original trilogy uh or prequel trilogy excuse me um and he is like this hardened person right for the most part i'm not that i feel like i'm a i'm a like i'm a much more easygoing person but still like want to do the right thing and and will fight for for what i believe in right so it's like i feel like you know on the color scheme too that's just like one step down from purple so i think that that works out nice i also would want uh the dual lightsabers uh like darth maul had because that thing is just freaking cool it looks really cool. I've thought about this. It looks yeah. really cool, mm-hmm. but the chances of hitting yourself right. go up so high. Like 110%. I don't think that I could be trusted with a dual lightsaber. I could yeah. hold I could dual wield lightsabers. That would I don't be cool think, too. Yeah. Yeah. I uh like the Inquisitors have that those those things now that like they're dual sided like, and then they, they mm-hmm. spin too. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Also, why did we decide red is just for the evil guys, right? Red's yeah, cool I don't one. know. It's you know, a cool Sa- color. Santa dresses in red. So it's like, is Santa a Sith? Is Santa a Sith? Oh, God. But also the Star Wars anthology anime thing. I can't remember the, the name of that off the top of my head. Star Wars the Legends, one, right? Yeah, with yeah. the... um. The samurai with the red lightsaber. What was his story? I want to know. I want that story so bad. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, that that ripped. That was one of my favorite Star Wars things we've had in a while. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good good look at the what our Kyber crystals would look like. Um, now I'm looking up Star Wars: The Old Republic on Steam. Maybe I bro, should play this. I have been wanting to get into that for a long time. So if now's yeah. the time, you just let me know. I will 100% play that with you. Um, moving on. Do we want to do... Okay. Qu- question for both of you. Do we want to okay. do another start? Or do we want to keep the Star Wars vibes going? Or do we want to change it up? Let's keep Star Wars going. Okay. It's a good theme, I think. What? Uh, let's see. Okay. So this is from Groffles. And Groffles says... Share your favorite new trilogy Star Wars scene. Spoilers are allowed. So, do we want to do spoilers or do we want to keep it uh general? I mean, it has to be spoilers if we're talking about our favorites, right? Like, well, from the it, new... So, so episodes, what, 7, 8, and 9, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, all right, well, people in the car, I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to spoil some Star Wars stuff. So, uh, if this is your time to get out, this is t- your time to get out. Yeah. Take your um, hands off the wheels. Put them fingers in your ears. Yeah, drive and, with your. No, I'm not. Well, we can't advise that legally. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to kick that off, Jill, or do you? Yeah, do you have I one mean, off the top of your head? I actually have some hard ones here because I think some of my favorite scenes of Star, like all of Star Wars, 
are in the newer movies, which makes me sad because some of the new, like the newer movies are not my favorite Star Wars uh, put together as a whole, but some of the highs are really the highest that I feel in a Star Wars Mm -hmm. uh, as a Star Wars fan. So, I mean, there's, I mean, that moment where um, Luke sees the two sons and then fades. And you're just like, oh my God. Like, that hit me so hard. Of course, another Luke moment being the moment where uh, Kylo Ren realizes that he's not been fighting. I'm trying kind of to not spoil things, which mm-hmm. is weird because we just said spoilers. We're trying, but you know. He realizes yeah. he hasn't been fighting who he thinks he does. And then um, I think probably number one for me, just for aesthetic value, is the throne room fight. Oh, that, my God, that, is, that scene. I don't really particularly like Last Jedi. That scene is incredible. One of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would be hard pressed to pick a, a better one. It is so unbelievably beautiful and like interesting the way that it is put together and choreographed and interesting in what's happening narratively in that moment and some callbacks to like past things. And, oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, that fight is incredible. I love Ryan Johnson. Don't love The Last Jedi. That is what it is. Alex, do you have one or should I go? Yeah, unfortunately, like I felt like. The new trilogy kind of pushed me away from the Star Wars franchise um, for many reasons, but I still have a favorite scene, and it's in oh, it's the first or the second one where they're on the desert, and Luke is Luke is on the ground. Uh, they're in the the white desert, the white sand mm. that has the, the red, to get, the salt, yeah, the salt flat, salt plains, yeah. Um, that whole that whole sequence of that fight just obviously is supposed to be reminiscent of Hoth. Um, and I think it's just a, a, such a sick scene visually. And the drama, you know, the people, the, the tension as well. Like, you've got, like, Kylo Ren is so close to his goal inside of the cave. And Luke is the only thing that is buying them time. And... I mean, I guess that kind of connects to the scene Jill was talking about. Like, I kind of view that whole thing as like one big sequence, you know, of of Luke fighting. And I think the like the the brushing the dust off is a little cheesy, a little corny. They didn't they shouldn't have done that. But like, apart from that, that entire scene, like with like the the speeders, um, I just loved it. It felt like the most star. It felt like the most Star Wars scene out of that trilogy to me um and yeah that's my that's my favorite my favorite scene cool. yeah i uh i think for me it is it's the scene itself but the emotions with it so force awakens comes out what 2015 at this point it's been almost mm-hmm. 10 years yeah oh my god oh, it hasn't wow look it up when did force awakens come out it's it's 2015 you're 100 percent correct Okay, it's 2022. It's been seven years. Everyone cut it. That's almost 10. It's It's almost five. Okay, that's fair. We're closer to five than 10. Closer to five than 10. Okay. Don't Um, don't do that to me. (laughs) Um, This was when I still believed in the Disney vision of Star Wars. Um, I am like Van Aken where the trilogy had 
completely killed my love for the series, um, unfortunately, um, until uh, High Republic came out of uh, Jedi Fallen Order and then um, Mando. So that's bringing me back, right? But the scene where they're on, um, it's like one of the, the closing scenes of Force Awakens when it is the standoff between Rey, um, not Poe, but... Kylo and Finn. Kylo and Finn. And and Finn and Kylo meet eye to eye. And and Adam Driver in his, probably one of his best moments as Kylo Ren just screams, Traitor! And like <laughs> it like shakes the theater almost. Like some of the best acting in that whole series was done in that moment. And just the 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 visual aesthetics of that scene, I think, are fantastic. The contrast of the the darkly, the dimly lit for snow forest with the 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 lightsabers uh, going, and this moment of of Ray proving that she can do this, right? She can take on someone who values himself as a Sith Lord, right? Was phenomenal. I didn't love that they took that from Finn. To there's a whole thing there, right? We can that that we I'm sure we'd spend a whole podcast discussing, right? Mm-hmm. But that 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 fight is so good. I think that is another fantastic like. Uh, duel of the fates if you will um and just that moment I, I still get chills because that too it's like i thought that was a great character moment for kylo right because it shows he is this unhinged version of what we come to know as the sith right mm-hmm. and obviously a little bit different terminology and whatnot now but um i thought it humanized him a little bit too and i i love that moment and then things kind of literally from that moment on for me that the 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 sequel trilogy starts to fall apart but um i'll always remember being in the theater for that moment and just getting Mm -hmm. like chills down my spine and just like oh like so good so like i know this is not a uncommon viewpoint but i do just want to throw it out there adam driver so good so good i don't know if these movies deserve to have him in them yeah but oh my god did he give so much to it he really did, and I'll, I think the actors did too, which is why I think you've seen such a a hostile, uh, maybe hostile is too strong, but a very uh, visceral but like upset reaction from a lot of them after leaving this, right? Yeah. Because I do think like Oscar Isaac like Oscar gave it Isaac, his all, like John Boyega like gave John it his Boyega. all. Like and, that's the thing too. Like uh, I am like you, starting to get rekindled a little bit. Uh, with things coming out and with uh, Obi-Wan coming out so uh, soon. Yeah. Um, it's It reminds me so much of, of how I feel about a lot of the actors in the most recent trilogy. Be- and I so hope that they get similar things because, you know, the prequels, um, it was so hard to see you and McGregor doing him he's so great in that role and that role is not great enough for him like you know what i mean yeah like the writing didn't live up yeah so to be able to see him have his moment as obi-wan and i am so excited like i really hope we get something like that for a lot of the characters uh in the recent trilogy uh because there were so many just amazing performances going on there that were let down by some interesting choices or perhaps not planned uh, themes and things of that nature. So, Yep. Things, uh, 
Yeah. When you spend an entire last part of a movie trying to retcon everything that came before you as the last movie in that series, you're going to have a bad movie. Anyways, uh, which actually leads us into an This is an interesting two-parter. So uh, Snake Eater, 1964, asks us a twofold question. Last question of the, of the, the show here. It says, now that the Game Press conference season uh, excuse me. Uh, now that the game press conference season is almost upon us, what games are you most excited to learn about? And then they say, bonus Star Wars question. What's the worst Star Wars movie? Uh, let's start with the Star Wars question because we're on it right now. Uh, do y'all, does anyone want to brave these these waters here? What's what was it again? I'm sorry. It was Star the, Wars movie? what's the worst Star Wars movie? Like, I. Rise of Skywalker. I mean, there's really not much question. I don't think anybody's going to argue another point over that. So I think okay. um, Last Jedi had some really interesting concepts, and I really wish they had played out well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed some of the things that were going on, and obviously there were some phenomenal scenes. So, like... Besides, I don't, I don't really think, besides that, the uh, Rise of Skywalker, I don't think there are any bad, I'm going to say this, bad we Star love Wars it. movies. We love the positivity. Um, Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's something there to love for everything, even though some of them have, you know, worse. Some flaws. Um, Like, it's all sort of still Star Wars and, you know, that. As a Star Wars fan, I just love to see the content and be able to be excited about them. And even if the last trilogy didn't end the way we wanted, like you were talking about that feeling that you had at the beginning of it that you were sharing with everybody. And I was definitely in that camp and just like feeling all of the Star Wars love. And I hope that we can all kind of come back together as a community and be excited again for the the fandom because that was such a special thing to like walk into that first movie and be like, Oh, it's star Wars again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was ho- like, yeah, they had the carry back. They had Harrison. They had Mark. Oh, it was just, it was, a, it was a time that I don't know if we're ever going to get back again, just because of internet. I have faith. Now. I have absolute faith. There that we go. Yeah. We're going to get it back. I was really, I was mentally preparing myself for one of you to like, take a dump on one of the prequel movies and i was like getting ready to like crusade <laughs> one of them because I, I think the prequels are better than the latest trilogy probably i think a hundred percent i know some people don't feel that way because I, I know i'm not on on page with you guys on that no yeah okay i think i would argue the last half an hour to 45 minutes of each of the prequel movies are fantastic like genuine great star wars moments it's just the, the the first parts of those movies are rough, especially Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones. Excuse me. Um, didn't think anything could get worse in my book uh, than Attack of the Clones, and then uh, Golly Miss Molly, uh, Rise of Skywalker came out. So um, we won't belabor that. You know, it is what it is. I'm sure we'll get enough hate on that. Uh, Revenge of the Sith better than uh, most people think, but that's all I'll say. Um, the first part of that question, though, getting back to games before we say goodbye here. Um, oh, I lost my notes. One sec. Um, Snake Eater asked, now that the game press conference season is almost upon us, what game are you guys most excited to learn about? Switching gears from, from the War of the Stars to the Vigi games now. Um, I guess I can... Um, oh, go for it. Too. I think... I don't want to go first, but I think we should just get it off the table that 
uh, God of War Ragnarok is is whatever like that has to be high on a lot of people's lists. I don't want to like put words in your mouth or anything, but I yeah, I that is my that is even before Elden Ring, that is my most anticipated game for this year. I'm a huge God of War fan. This may be cheating a little bit, uh, but I think it's relevant here. Uh, I am fascinated to see what Microsoft has up its sleeve, right? Because I feel like the end of last year was kind of not really a victory lap, but this like almost coming out party for Microsoft, which is weird because this has been an industry giant for 20 years now. But it was this thing. It's like we have we had spent like four years, five years, like lamenting how badly microsoft is screwing up with the xbox one with Scalebound and fable legends right and it was just this this moment of like the vision finally came to where we had you know forza horizon we had uh psychonauts 2 we had halo right and this beautiful like uh moment of like oh xbox finally has games again like and that's exciting and now we don't know almost anything like we know you know, we know they're working on, we know Bethesda's obviously has, has Starfield, right? But like, you know, we know Avowed is being worked on. We think Rare is still working on Everwild. Like, you know, there's there's some questions there, but it's like outside of of Starfield, which has that 11-11 date, we know next to nothing about what this year looks like for and beyond looks like for Microsoft. And it's like, all right, we got Halo, right? Life is good. I need I need I need some gears in my life, right? Like where's gear six? We know it's gonna be Unreal Engine 5. So it's like when is that coming? Obviously, people are hyped about Fable. Like mm-hmm. that's the big what, one for me. Fable is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and- very like I don't know if that's ever gonna like I I I am afraid to be excited for it because we barely got any like we got the big like oh it's happening a fun little trailer and then like it just disappeared like i've heard nothing right um so it could be really cool if it reemerged this little e3 season Mm -hmm. um but i I don't know i don't know if that's going to be like and it's out this fall or whatever or it's like actually that's we're still working on it don't look and right. then it slightly gets canceled, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't think, oh, people would be up in arms. I would I be would, so sad. I would cry if Fable's not coming, um, especially yeah. with, with the developments. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it would be very sad. I think this is the year. I think we finally see either another cinematic trailer. I feel like gameplay would be appropriate, right? Because, like, the studio started working on it. They The rumblings were, I think, 2017 when, um, it's not Turn 10 who was working on it what's the what's the forza team uh playground playground it was i think it was like 2017 when it was announced or rumored that they were starting to work on that game so it's been a minute now um because like unless unless uh, microsoft is just like game pass and and uh starfield will carry us through the winter it's entirely possible right um but i i feel like we there's stuff out there there's pieces out there that it it would be so nice to have actual release dates on because we know hopefully we're going to get more halo single player right like you know they're going to keep supporting that right but like i really want to hear something from gears i want i feel like we've come finally through this like 
even when Xbox was kind of floundering a little bit here and there, we still had this like beautiful slate of indies with like Cuphead, Ori, uh, Sable, you know, um, Artful Escape. Like I feel like we had this like this huge slate of them that are kind of out now, right? Which is great because a lot of Tunic, right? A lot of them have been wonderful. So now I'm curious to see, you know, uh, replaced. I think is that one that is like yeah. uh, is very cyberpunky that that made a splash last year. Uh, Planet of Lana. Like, um, there's a bunch of indies that could fill those gaps, and I'm excited to see what like ID at Xbox has up their sleeve in that way. So I think Microsoft is my most anticipated because we kind of know what Sony is is at least going towards. Right with God of War, we know that. Uh, Nintendo has Breath of the Wild in store, right? And uh, and not to discount Starfield too. Like Starfield could be amazing, right? But mm-hmm. I want to see what else they have hiding under the surface. So that's that's me personally. Uh, I'm gonna throw a little bomb in there and then run away again. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about Silk Song? You think that's showing up? I mean, <laughs> for the sake of my. Uh... My fantasy game draft I have with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. And it's releasing this year. Oh, yeah. Because like, otherwise I lose. Like, the weird thing for me is I played that game. Really? I, yeah. Back in, it must have been 2017, 2018, 2019, wow. somewhere in there. Like, mm-hmm. it was at E3. And I played it on the E3 floor. Like, I am so shocked that we are where we are right now mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on maybe it's a weird like nintendo makes weird nintendo decisions thing maybe it's a team jerry thing like i have not it's another one that i'm just like i'm boggled about where this is right now yeah i can't wait to hear the story behind what i mean like COVID has to have something to do with it right but like or maybe it was like a scaling thing who knows but it's who gonna knows? be it's gonna be fascinating Oops, excuse me, I almost burped. Um, <laughs> it's going to be fascinating when that comes out. Uh, VA, do you do you have a, a, a most anticipated to hear about? Um, I'm with you on Xbox. Um, I think that's honestly like, just show me Redfall. That's what I want to see. I yeah, forgot Redfall about Redfall. Yeah. That uh, was yeah. supposed to come out working... this summer, right? Something yeah. I, I, I've been skeptical about that, though. Right, like we still haven't seen gameplay, but I mean, it's in the hands of what Arcane Austin, right? Um, obviously, big Arcane fan here, so I'm very eager to see what what an immersive sim looks like in a four player co op setting, um, and how that those inspirations kind of affect that sort of design. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like they've Joe. got um Indiana Jones game under their umbrella that we've heard vaguely about but never seen uh like uh the elder scrolls is still not something they've talked about and that's supposed to come after starfield obviously but maybe they start talking about it um like bethesda's got a lot that it's sort of cooking on um so that's going to be a really exciting show Mm -hmm. Um, but you know Nintendo is always a wild card because you don't know what they're going to do and what their plans are. So we'll see what happens. Right. Because Nintendo actually has probably the most concrete lineup that we know about the rest of the year because they have Xenoblade 3 in July. We have Mario Strikers in June. Um, August is Splatoon. And then um, Pokemon Scarlet is, is November. 
right? Um, we know Breath of the Wild isn't until next year. But also, we didn't know about Metroid Dread until summer last year, and it came out in October. Like, yeah. what, what do they have up their sleeve that's going to fill that void? You know, I don't know. I'm very excited to find out. We also know that um, uh, what's the what's the strategy game that they they have done but have, have delayed? Advance Wars. Advance Wars is sitting there too, and they delayed it because of the Ukrainian Russia conflict, understandably so. Um, but so like that's coming out too. But yeah, it's like what else do you what what else are you y'all scheming on over there? Um, my the last thing I'll add too is like Last of Us factions. I think I've talked about it every single time that we've gotten to this point in the year in my three years here. But like, what what is it? Like, show me this, what you're working on here. Because uh, Last of Us Factions, the first version of it, right, was fantastic, very underrated multiplayer experience. And I think it sounds like they're building talent, uh, multiplayer talent to finish this this type of game. But it's been years now, and I want to know what what this is. So. That would be one that I would lose my, my little mind over. So yeah. yeah. Uh I'm also interested to see who jumps in on like just outside of video games in particular, but like the the business. I'm interested to see who jumps in to start being the sort of like we were talking about Embracer Group earlier. Like who's jumping in to be the big people to watch? You know, you've always got uh PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, but who's who's gonna be the other like contenders now stepping up to the plate i'm always excited to look at some of the indie games that are coming out and especially indie games that i didn't have on my radar before um so that's always fun uh we also like xbox does have a lot and i'm just rolling through like everything and like senua saga has had a very long uh time being announced and maybe we'll get that soon some information on that hopefully Mm -hmm. um but yeah, there's there is a ton, and we're probably gonna break it down more as we get closer to E3 season. But um, 100%. yeah, I'm I'm just really excited. I think if we're sticking to the 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 actual question of like what's your number one, yeah, I think I'm going God of War on that one. Yeah, I I agree. Do you think we can do this quick answer here? Do yep. you think for Microsoft? If this year is Starfield, Senuous or Hellblade Two, and like game, a, another big Game Pass, another big couple of Game Pass games, is that it? Like, do they? Is that enough? Or and maybe like Halo single player content, right? Because we know we're gonna get something closer to the end of the year with season three with Forge and co-op and stuff like that. Is that enough? Or do you think they need to do more to win the year? Uh, I think that's tough. I think they could if those are only if those are the only concrete things just as long as they bring out more detail about all these other things because they have so many projects i think getting people excited about 2023 will be enough uh to win the to win e3 season you know um because yes playstation and sony um are so dialed into their particular uh big ips that were that are great and they're always exciting to get and they're always exciting to play and um to hear about but it's like it is sort of a known quantity whereas a lot of this xbox stuff is sort of new ip or like 
uh, new studios working on old IPs that were unexpected. So I think just that added factor of um, being unexpected. But of course, Nintendo could always pull it out and like come out with all these wild things too. So right. I think and Xbox could could do it. Could do it. Okay. All right. VA, how are you? I think so. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Redfall's right. gonna carry it all, baby. Redfall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. well, because Redfall could slip too, because originally they announced it for summer 2022. I don't think there's a shot in hell that that happens, but maybe it it's, fall, Red, it's Redfall. And if Starfield, because that's the thing, I think a lot of people are down on Bethesda right now. If Starfield oh, so, can deliver, my most anticipated game now. Okay. For the, rest of the year. Yeah, I think the potential's there to be a huge moment that Bethesda, I would argue, needs um bethesda game studios right mm -hmm. the the other pieces of bethesda are doing great work right now but it's like bethesda game studios needs a win and i think this could we'll right. see what it what it looks like so um you know i think we all need a win and i hope this this podcast was one of them for you uh this has been another fun episode episode 602 of the game reformer show it's a lot um be sure to like and share like share and subscribe your support means a lot to us uh your reviews mean a ton like it just helps us a, a, a lot, a lot. And we appreciate anyone who's put the time in, uh, whether it's, you know, three-star review or five-star review or, you know, your subscription. So thank you for all that. Um, we got some fun stuff coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We're getting back to the Halo series review, which I've heard is, is getting good now. All of a sudden, Alex, you better catch up. Um, but outside of that, we have some more fun planned uh, as, the, as we're ramping up into announcement season. So thank you. Be good to one another, and we will see you next time. Boop.